Welcome to Transformers, the podcast about how business people and policymakers are creating a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kai Embren. Albert Nersson, founder and mentor of the Slum Code Group, a transformer in the city of Nairobi, Kenya. Welcome, Albert. Thank you so much, Kai. Uh, looking forward and I appreciate for this opportunity to be on your podcast. Uh, later in the program, you will also meet uh, Renalda Mayuma, head of special programs in the Slum Code Group. Welcome, uh, Renalda. Thank you, Kai. I'm excited to get to talk with you. So let's start from the beginning, Albert. Why did you set up Slum Code Group? Uh, the Slum Code Group was set up because of the lack of uh, adequate facilities and mentorship for young people and aspiring entrepreneurs who live in the low-income regions of Nairobi, Kenya. So it was inspired by my personal upbringing, and I realized that uh, bringing opportunities closer to the people would be a much-valued uh, uh, creation for us to do. And so that is why the Slum Code Group was started in 2006. And if we define what do you mean about slum, what is that the definition of slum? What yes, uh, so the fact that we were living in the low income regions of Nairobi, Kenya, literally surrounded by slums, uh, my idea as the visionary was to be able to see how can we demystify the lifestyles that young people are living or leading in the slums. And so the idea of coming up with the name Slum Code was inspired by that, that what there is a code that we have to demystify and find and solve about the slums. And number two, the CODE also meant community development as acronyms. And then number three, it came in with the idea of uh, connecting people. You know, a code is sort of like a thread that connects. So we were looking also at connecting. And number four, it has also come up with the idea of coding, you know, literally using computers to code. So the meaning of slum code has actually been tied into four things. So yeah. that is what inspired the name Slum Code. Hmm. So if you start from the beginning, how did you do it? <laughs> very interesting. Uh, since the idea was very rich in my mind, I thought the only thing that I could do was as an entrepreneurial person, I had a shop, very young person. I, I put up a computer shop in the estate, a place called Huruma and in the Starehe constituency. This is a county in Nairobi. So at the shop, I realized that young people used to love coming there. And every evening we could have anything between seven and 12 young people just ganging up there and talking, talking, sharing ideas and all these opportunities. And so this idea that I had had is what I shared with them. And I told them, instead of us just hanging out here, why don't we pick up an opportunity and empower more people? Because we are very talented. We have the capacity and the ability. We can be able to do this. And so that's how we've sat together, created this concept. I shared with them what I had in mind. And in June 2006, the Slum Code Group was founded. And so it has been growing over from a self-help group coming onto a CBO. And now we are a social enterprise that is setting up the Slum Code Innovations and Creatives Hub. So it's been a 15-year journey of growth. Yeah. Well, it must be a beginning of things. How did your thoughts come to... to to reality where did you 
how did you think when you first take your first step to set this up? <laughs> yeah, so, so sort of like what we would call the light bulb moment. I, I know for me, like I'm saying, it hit me that uh, many, many young people are missing out on opportunities to be, to be mentored or to access people who can be able to help them to discover their purpose. And so this hit me hard and I realized that uh, since I went through the same, I should be able to do something that can make many, many more young people also benefit from mentorship. Because I realized that uh, when, you, when you get an opportunity to access certain people, certain places, or know certain information at the earliest point in your life, then it helps you to make different decisions. And so for me, that hit me and I was like, no way. No more young people can go through what I did going out to find out things when you're past high school. You know, this is 18 years later is when you're beginning to look for mentorship, to access different places, to read certain books. And I was like, we can do this early. So it hit me that I do not want to let many more young people wait until they are off high school to start accessing opportunities for growth we can bring these resources to the grassroots and start it off very early and so for me that was my light bulb moment and i said slum code was going to make people better at the grassroots at the earliest possible time in their lives literally mm. we are talking about anything from five years moving onwards yeah. you are born and raised in the low-income neighborhood in nairobi's eastlands and um uh, that uh, that is your reality, and and uh, Rinalda, how did you um, attend to the Slum Code Group? Well, um, I was just an ordinary youth who is uh, freshly graduated out of uh, university. I'm still trying to get a job, and one of the ways to at least network and get to mentor, get some mentorship, and uh, maybe secure yourself a job here is getting an attachment or kind of like an internship. So I came across the Slum Code programs. I applied to intern at the organization as I was uh, still searching for a job as a young person. And I must say, I gained a valuable, valuable experience while I was at, while I was at uh, Slum Code. I was able to access uh, the ICT facilities that were there that helped me to send out my applications. Um, because when you go to Slum Code, you have a computer, you have the internet, you have a, they had a library that as a youth, you could uh, go and pass time there while looking at books, looking at resources on how to expand your knowledge. So I could say that's how I came across uh, Slum Code and slowly developed my passion towards the development world and more so working with women and children. I'm a winner. You ain't gonna put me beneath because nanganana nanganana. How do you see the importance of digital inclusion? Wow, uh, for me, digital inclusion is actually a very, very powerful tool because I can actually say that Slam Code has become what it is because of social media, because of the digital space, you know. The number, there's a number of people whom we've met and in, impacted Slum Code in a very, very big way who have never been to Africa, you know, 
And so through Slum Code and the things that we've done, social media has been able to help us on the digital space to impact globally you know even you today we are talking you've never met me we've i don't know whether you've been to africa or not but here we are talking about nairobi we are talking about kenya and we are talking about the programs here so i would definitely say that the digital space or digitalization is one thing that has brought the world into a flat economy and so this economy is able to let people connect through common ideologies, common practices. And so we've been able to network and share ideas across the globe because of this platform. And so for me, I cannot underestimate the power of the digitalization or the digital economy, both in terms of creative arts, in terms of um, uh, tech spaces that are opening up and startups and so many more things that are happening. And so this is what has defined the growth of uh, social enterprises and the growth of uh, social economic impacts, you know, across the globe, because I believe the space has made everybody be able to access a number of opportunities that if it were not for digitalization, we could still not have gotten. We could have still been just doing our own small things within the region. But but now because of technology, we can share opportunities in real time, beating geographical barriers and being able to access opportunities that help us to grow literally together with the rest of the world. If we also look at the, the issue around democracy. Yeah. So in terms of democracy and open open spaces and open access to global information has really made people know so much in terms of just how to be inclusive, uh, what sort of uh, facets to put together for their own local democracy. When like we ha recently had a challenge in Nigeria with the end SARS campaign, you know, and everybody could follow. We've had a challenge in, in uh, Uganda just recently with the Museveni and the rest, and people can follow. Whenever something happens in South Africa, it is very easy to create uh, virtual groups that participate in the local economies and local democracies and local politics as if you are right there. So I think uh, use very effective use of digital technology is definitely going to make the world better if we do the right things. Albert, should we go into uh, the programs you run in which are they? We have the six programs, which one is called Vioslam. So Vioslam, I'll explain that later if there's that opportunity. Then we have so Vioslam, Code Space, Slam Media, Wifed, Slam Cafe, and Kituo. So those are the six programs that are all interconnected to make the Slam Code Hub what it is. also some entrepreneurship training program yes so within the six the model of uh, within the model of programs that we are talking about so we have uh, what we call sub programs so these have been created 
to directly reach out to a certain means. And so one is what we call Zuva Muka. Zuva Muka was created out of a Shona word that means risen sun. And so we are using this as a model to reach out to young people who are out of school uh, to be able to give them an opportunity to interact with three uh, sort of like training modules, which is entrepreneurship, computer programming, or computer development or computer use, and personal development, which looks at mentorship, communication, public speaking, and those kind of things. So Zuvamuka attracts young people who are anything be about 14 years to 25 years. And then we have another one which we are partnering with another organization in India. It is called I Am Heuristic. I Am Heuristic is basically the world's first um, card-based entrepreneurship game. So you play cards and it helps you to create a business model from start to uh, making a minimum viable product, uh, sourcing for funds and all that within the game time. Which of the ones of the programs are most popular? Muka is very popular because uh, young people come in here and many of them are from the low-income communities and so to them interacting with computers, digital devices, uh, having their character developed, changing the lifestyle that they've gone through, uh, going out for field visits to places they have never been to, so it, it creates a lot of excitement for them. You know, uh, so Zuva Muka definitely is a very popular one. But then also we have uh, Slam Media. Slam Media is, has to do with videography, photography, editing, digital stuff, which again goes very, very well with uh, the young people. So Zuva Muka, Slam Media, and then we have Code Space. Code Space has to do with the computers. So anything that touches on computers, where they learn how to use the, the different applications that are put into the computer, they learn how to type, they learn how to go to social media, open up handles and sites and do with that, and they can post their pictures and everything. These are very, very popular with the young people. Talking about, about 400 to 500 people who have interacted directly with our programs or processes within the hub. You know, that is directly people whom we can enumerate. But otherwise, again, our programs are both in-house and out-of-house, which means we are doing uh, projects out there, we are doing activities and events. We've had festivals, we've had uh, cleanups, we've done so many things that are based community-based. So in total, we could have reached anything between 200,000 and 250,000 people over the last 15 years. So most of our work has been on building confidence on helping women to make the right choices for themselves uh, empowering them economically and I can say as we're speaking now, we have a number of beneficiaries who range from having benefited from simple things as coffee, our coffee talks. We have weekly coffee talks where girls just come and meet and they have a space where they can share their concerns, they can share their worries, and they have like kind of a mentor person who talks with them on various aspects. 
And uh, with time, you find that uh, girls who initially come in as very shy and reserved people start exhibiting confidence. They're able to speak in front of people. They're able to speak in front of a camera. And you can see general improvement in how people carry themselves. Uh, people are able to know the right choices to make in order to take care of their own health, especially things like menstrual health, which is still a very touchy subject. Uh, something like sex education, which is seriously, seriously needed in our youth groups of today. And Slamcode has provided such a platform. Even at that age, you can already start seeing youth, some of the youth exhibiting leadership qualities. And these are the areas we look at, we tap into and help them to grow in those areas and to nurture them. Uh, through some of our programs, we've had the two, we've had one late, okay, we've had a lady who was selected for the Mandela Washington Fellowship went in the went to the United States and that opened up opportunities globally for her to be able to take up other leadership opportunities, other leadership causes. And I could say right now she's traveling the globe trying to create an impact both locally at home and internationally. That is one of the success projects that we success stories that we are really, really proud of as Slamcord and as YFED. And many more girls you can see if if you if one has an opportunity to go and look at the slam code tv channel on youtube there are a number of stories there are success stories of girls who have been beneficiaries of our programs and you can see this change that is happening slowly and within our communities When uh, we look at uh, the, the result of, of uh, the different projects and what's uh, happened after the project. Uh... So what has happened is I will tell you an example of how we've worked with our young people. Some came here as uh, they were still in high school and just using the center and uh, they've stuck with us. They have grown, they've been mentored, they've been exposed to different uh, sort of like opportunities which have seen them now become leaders at the hub you know so that is one in a very direct impact of the young people we've worked with but then we have others out there who come use the hub they get connected to different personalities and they go out there and do better things even run their own organizations or are employed to different companies so we have a, a um, we have a mantra here which we say that once a slum coder, always a slum coder. So we have people who are even outside of this continent that we still get to work with based on different opportunities that we created for them. So yes, we do follow up with those who we can and we engage them. Um, when we look at the entrepreneurship training program and the creation of new job opportunities, do you have any figures and how many new jobs you have been created 
in the project. Within this entrepreneurship space have come to our programs. They've gone through training on finances, on marketing, on business development, on personal development. And uh, at least I know directly of about four people who started their own companies or their own initiatives and they are currently doing so well, you know, based on what, uh, what we took them through. And then I know of a lot of young people also who are working with different initiatives could not really necessarily be theirs, but either they are artists or they are musicians, they could have gotten either an opportunity to participate in an advertisement or a TV program. Uh, there are some have gotten scholarships, you know, who did their high school and so a university that we work with has been able to give full scholarship and now they are doing well after their graduation. Uh, we've got some who came in here just as uh, uh, young people who needed to participate in leadership programs and they have done. So we have about four who have traveled to different parts of the world and so today they are doing well. Yes. I am marching to greatness. How do you get your funds to develop the programs? Yeah, definitely to run any initiative is uh, very, very costly in one way or the other. But number one for us, we have tried to make an effort to be very minimalistic, you know. Our own members have sacrificed a lot of their talents and passion to build what model we have. So in-house, we first of all decided that we are going to have talent that is in-house. So from photography, editing, web development, training, we started off with people who are part and parcel of slum code beneficiaries. And right now, some of them have developed, they are running their own companies and their own initiatives out there, but they still feel connected to slum code because it gave them the platform to grow. So that would be number one of uh, in terms of uh, human resource that we have used. But then also number two, uh, based on the six program model, we have reached out to different people, you know, who support a specific aspect. Like now I mentioned, we have a team in the US Pennsylvania called Connection Ubuntu who specifically support CodeSpace because CodeSpace is our tech lab, it's our ICT project. So they focus on computers, giving us computers, supporting the internet and those sort of things. Then we have uh, United Through Sports, which is out there in the Netherlands, that has picked a program called Kituo. Kituo has to do with uh, hospitality, event planning, management, catering services and all that. So. He, he personally focuses on how to bring international volunteers from abroad to work with us. So you see now his partnership supports that program. So recently we also got another a very good partner and funds from a COVID-related grant, which is going to now specifically help Slam Media. You know, Slam Media means we are going to set up a studio, we, we should be having podcasts like what we are doing and we will learn a lot from you, you know, and we want to do photography and digital advertising. So with the camera and the equipment you are going to have, that should be done. Then number three, 
we also come up with our own initiatives now the own initiatives uh, get people to ingenuinely participate in programs like now last year we came up with what we call the slum code green project and the slum code green project enables people to donate twenty dollars fifty dollars a hundred dollars whatever people can per month and then we set up small gardens within the hub and so if somebody feels connected to our program the $20 coming in every month is divided to be able to support the young people, do an investment to set up the garden, and part of it accumulated helps to run small bills within the organization. So, so far, that is how it has been. It's both external and internal, and yeah, we, we are happy. And, gov and government support in granting? Uh, not much, not much. Uh, we've not worked a lot with the government. In fact, just last year is when we began a collaboration with uh, a government agency, which is called the Youth Enterprise Development Fund. So this government agency is what has approved the Slum Code Hub to act like um, a, a, a safe space within this region. So now for them, it's going to be also some little bit of financial engagement, but they are going to be recommending programs into our hub. When partners go to their offices, they can be able to recommend us. And that is a big boost to work with a government agency. How do you see the, the working method of crowdsourcing or crowdfunding? Is that uh, something that you're looking into to create sources? Yeah, crowdfunding is definitely an amazing platform and uh, we've been able to do this before both uh, unfortunately we cannot set up a GoFundMe um, campaign from Kenya they, uh, they still don't allow us to have that functionality so somebody either in the US or elsewhere has to set up an account on behalf of and finding those people sometimes it's not very easy for somebody to run a, fun a fundraising on your behalf but through our partners we are able to do something small so like for us we created our own local website so partly like what we are doing i told you we fundraise through our own in-house projects so in the year 2016 we created what we call the march to greatness campaign and so our teams built up a web portal which you can log in and send links to people to drop donations on your behalf and so the target like for that one was to be able to raise six thousand dollars per person you know so so you log in and we we seek donations so that has been a very very good and successful part of the crowdfunding which was self-organized and self-initiated by slum code so this year we want to finish up on that because last year COVID affected a lot of things and therefore there was destruction. So this year we are pushing to have more people support the Kilimanjaro climb in October. So again, through the March to Greatness portal, you are able to go in there, pick up a profile and donate. You know, like I said, my personal target is to get 10 people who can each donate $70 for 10 months. You know, so if I get those people so far, I've already found one. I know there's a second one who is coming in. So eight to go. And uh, my personal goal will be done to raise $7,000 by October 2021.
kama haujazaa hautajua the fruits of labor ndo kwa mama mjamzito maternity uliza any youth natakwambia crime doesn't pay but tumbo kushiba ndo itakip temptation away uliza any youth natakwambia age was nothing but a number wazee wakiandikwa kazi kwa vijana uliza any youth natakwambia sanitizer to keep hands clean hate was stop to do dirty work to happen ndo pesa iko waulize waulize do you feel that it's easy to get funds for the work you're doing Definitely it's not easy. I really wish uh, it could be, you know. I really really wish it could be, but it's not easy. It's a lot of hard work. You have to prove yourself, you have to do concepts, you have to attract different partners who are um, uh, who find it relative or who find it uh, relevant, sorry, to work with you and to get your support. But uh, like I said, when we create our attractive projects, then we map it on to different sort of partnerships. Then our 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 presentation or our pitching now becomes a little bit more easy on people who find our work uh, relatable to what they are doing. But it has not been easy. But we have to be resilient. Uh, I could hear you said the Netherlands uh, earlier and you talk about US is there uh, do you reach out overseas so far there's a lot of uh, goodwill you know overseas already you find people who are receptive enough and want to work with people they want to support you know and so we go that direction because of that ideology that resources are in abundance at least in abundance or uh, people have extra that they are willing to share and they are willing to partner to make the world a better place so we reach out overseas and people can be able to do that when we come up with a project like now the Kilimanjaro climb you know uh, based on people's levels of income and resources that they have not many people in Africa or locally can say they will raise $7,000 you know but then you have different friends out there who would be willing to work a little bit extra hard to do that sort of a sacrifice for a good cause so we have personal friends we have organizations and we hope sooner or later one day based on our growth uh, big organizations and uh, government would want to work with us but if you can make a request in today's program what would you like to ask uh, from our listener oh yeah so to the listeners who are listening out there i would be able to tell you that uh, we have a website that is running you can be able to check and pick a program or a project that you think resonates with what you're doing and uh, see how we can collaborate collaboration for us does not necessarily have to be monetary it could be material it could be um, intellectual it could be financial that's very possible but then out of our six programs find one which is relevant and let us collaborate because when we collaborate it's a longer approach to looking at program design looking at partnership and looking at global impact so yes finances are part of it but that is what we can do so find a program engage us and see how we can collaborate to work together for the common good and if you find the program you can support happy to support it Lisa any youth natakwambia sanitizer to keep hands clean hate was stop to do dirty work to happen the pesa iko waulize
police. I'm seeing a situation whereby when we put our minds together, when we bring a lot of our opportunities on the table, then the young people in Africa are going to be so economically empowered to be able to move Africa and the world to the next level. And so leadership, uh, economic development, and uh, global growth. Those are going to be three things that actually put young people together to be able to take Africa to the next level. Renalda, how do you see the, the role of women? Well, in I would say women and young women and youth just need to be given the space and the platform to be able to uh, exercise their skills and talents. They just need somebody to show them the direction. And we have seen women are now beginning to take up leadership positions. Women are becoming global leaders. And uh, I'm sure women in Nairobi, uh, low income areas are not going to be left behind. In the next few years, if we have the right spaces and the right platforms for women, they are going to take uh, things to the next level. So that is also our aim as Slamco. We do not want to leave anyone behind. We're trying to align our work and our goals with the global development goals. And women are going to be a huge part of this uh, of this uh, kind of uh, global growth. Uh, it's great to talk to you both. And thank you so much for your participation. Thank you so much, Kay. Uh, we also appreciate it. It was great to have this platform and we are looking forward to better days ahead. Thank you so much, Kai, for this opportunity uh, to be on your podcast. We look forward to getting to listen to it and sharing with uh, the rest of our people here. All the kingdoms, the nations, they're all what they are, we I'm Kai Embren. Follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn, where I will be announcing the future guests to this podcast. And you can expect about two programs a month. And each guest has a unique story of making business and society sustainable. So find out more. Visit my homepage, kaiembren.org. Thank you for listening.